Hey guys, welcome to another episode with Eric and Zach Talk K-Pop. Um, in today's episode, we'll be talking about the generations in K-Pop. Um, Eric, I can hear a little bit of sound coming from your microphone. I'm not gonna lie. Somebody vacuuming in the back, Eric? <laughs> uh, say hello to the people, Eric. Uh, hello. Hey there. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be talking about our generations today. Um, and honestly, like, there was a lot of, I think, every time even we have this conversation, it's always, like, a confusing time at the later parts, right? Like, it's, there's a clear distinction between generations one, two, and three, but then I think it's the later part that kind of, that kind of, um, um, sorry, what, what did you say, Eric? I think it kind of blurs between, uh, after two, it yeah. gets blurry. Like, what's 2.5? Is this 3.5? Is this mm -hmm. 3? People kind of get confused. Exactly, after yeah. yeah. Yeah, after two, it's just kind of are they, are they not? And no, in even some groups that are in Generation Two, you'd think because most of their popularity um, was stem like stemming from a, a Generation Three. You know, like when the Generation Three was on the on the on the uh, up up track you know like a lot of generation two groups were still coming up and up and uh, coming on and so i one example would be a pink i for the longest time i was like what group what generation are they in you know similarly they debuted it back in like i think 2011 or something like that and that was that yeah that was technically generation two um but it, they didn't feel like a generation two group although you know the, their maturity was generation two but like their their music style and in, in, in essence they were like you know they were promoting during the uh, the era of generation three so it was kind of hard to tell you know it's um yeah, where, whereas everybody else has pretty much clear distinctions but yeah no so like generation one pretty much i think began in the 90s um hot god ses finkel all those groups i don't honestly I don't listen to any of those groups. I've heard obviously some songs here and there, and I know certain singers. But um, that's—I think that was the—you know—that was the first generation of K-pop. And then before that, you know, if we had to predate predate Generation One of K-pop in general, I think it would be like you know ballad singers and folk singers and um, like trot, trot yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, like chanting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah all that yeah even like i mean if you think about it now a lot of the the ceos of companies and like subsidiaries are are pretty much generate like pre-generation one singers like you know jyp was and still is a singer um he was a popular disco singer in the 90s for korea um and uh you know yg he was a he was a big singer as well a part of that group uh, i forgot what they were called do you remember uh, Soteji? Soteji and the boys. Yeah, exactly. He was yep. a part of that group. Um, the the CEO of Mystic. He was a popular uh, solo singer as well. So there's a lot of um, singers who became CEOs uh, later on. Heck, I think even Lee Suman as well uh, had a had a single back way back when. Um, but he's, he, he was a singer in the seventies, I think. I think so. Yeah, there was something about that. There was like a student festival or something, and he sang there, and he he released a song or something like that. But then, yeah. I think he did mostly business afterwards, which makes sense considering he's he's known for mostly his business and not his singing. But whereas you know YG and and uh, JYP still somewhat have that you know um, singer mantra in a way, you know, like J JYP especially because yeah. he still releases music to this day. But you know. Um, but yeah, no, that was a little, that's a little precursor of history, I guess, um, to Generation 1. Then Generation 1 came about and, you know, the infusion of European music and, like, the West and, like, you know, a bit of hip-hop here and there. And it's just, like, uh, it, it kind of lit a fire, you know? Um, so, yeah. do you do you know anything about the Generation 1s? You know, like, the uh, HOTs in them, GOT, Xinhua? I think, I think you can define Generations by, like, their sound and their concepts mm -hmm. i think just the like the broad idea of it so like generation one is has a lot of inspiration from american boy groups and also mm -hmm. japanese idols right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they have a lot of inspiration from like uh like maybe like nsync factory mm -hmm. boys right yeah yeah i love these inspiration boys to men yeah boys to men or or s map from japan right a lot of these groups uh -huh. uh, a lot of first generation groups drew inspiration from uh foreign groups because there was a really 
it was still a budding music industry uh-huh. back in the early 90s, late yeah. 80s. Yeah, and, and we, hilariously enough, I think um, a lot of the first generation groups stuck to ballads because I think that's what the norm was. Um, like, this 80s and 90s was in Korea was literally all ballads. Like, it was literally nothing but ballads. Anytime anybody came out with, like, disco or or anything like, you know, trance or whatever, um, there's that, that lady that sings Piero Smiles at Us. Like, she's super popular. Um, but, like, when yeah. she came out, like... Uh, it was so weird. It was Kim Wonsun. Okay, so yeah, when they were like, "What is going on here?" and it was just like nobody thought that this would be like a you know an interesting concept, but you know it, it blew up, and you know there, there was that, and then there's Coyote, the first um, Coyote, then there's Rura, and they came out with like a bunch of interesting songs that became pretty much anthems and like party like party anthems, you know. So it was interesting to see that but yeah no it, you know generation pretty pretty good precursor a lot of ballads um a lot of introduction to different sounds and music and things like that and then and then we went into generation two i think around 2000 between 2001 and 2005 you can sense there was like some sort of uh shift of things you know and um a lot of it i think was defined by tvxq boa and uh rain and uh all of them that, that was i think the big shift coming out especially in japan as well i think it seems like a lot of people consider boa maybe 1.5 i mm-hmm. think she probably leans more closer to two than one which is why mm-hmm. she's in that weird category yeah in that weird like gap because she's not exactly two mm-hmm. but she's also not exactly one either mm-hmm. i think there was a lot of like experimental uh, not ex- like experimental groups and a lot of experimental sounds or music coming from there. So you have like yeah. Shinwa, yeah, right, coming from the the le- latter part of Generation One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can also definitely sense like a little bit of like '90s like Western or like uh, Britney Spears or Madonna, like when like when um, when Boa was was first coming out on the scene. She, mind you, when she came out on the scene, I think she was what 13, 14 years old. Like she was super young, like very young for her age. And that's why people still don't understand like that she's still very young. She's only in her mid-30s. She's like 35. And yet she's yeah, been she's, in the industry for like two yeah. decades. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last topic, right? Mm-hmm. About uh, underage idols. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And like just a little bit, just to touch up on it a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Back then it was more acceptable for younger uh for kids much younger to debut like rain was in a group as well i think in the i want to say early the late 90s i want to say mm-hmm. i'm not entirely sure and he he's in up to do, today he's the only one of his group that's successful till now mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean, yeah, early GD, point. early GD and Taeyang, they were also in like a, like a like baby group or whatever the, I don't know what they called them. Maybe Little Rura, I think. Little Rura or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were in that, that group. So yeah, yeah, no, like back in the day, like I think it was mostly, it wasn't even the fact that they were training to debut or anything. I think it was mostly like an after school club and um, they just performed and stuff like that. And I, I, I guess people found it charming, but I guess, um, you know, if you're a businessman and you thought about it, it's like, oh, wow, like we could probably find a marginable profit off of this. So I guess that's, I think, when it started, right? Like with Bo and them yeah. and like, oh, you know, there's a profit in here. And like, may, oh, like they didn't even, they didn't even understand what they were doing back then with Boa. They sent her to Japan by on her own with like just a manager or something like that. And like, yeah. they didn't even know that she was going to be a success. It was such a big risk for everyone, especially Boa. Mm-hmm. Like how young she was, you know, going to a new country, not even speaking the language just still 14 years old away from her parents and family and friends and stuff like that and just you know yeah. surviving on her own and then like she was there for probably a good like four or five years before anything even like took off you know like and by like she was she was planning to come back to uh, i believe the story was she was there for like two or three years and then she, uh, because nothing was generally like hitting off she was planning to come back to korea and you know re- like res- resume her studies and stuff like that but i think they try to do one more, I think, um, release in, in essence, kind of like, okay, you know what, let's do a goodbye release or something like that. I'm not sure if I'm telling the story properly, but, um, 
and then that release essentially kind of blew up and you know she just became the queen of japan overnight for some reason and yeah no she just stuck it out and then like when she came back to korea she kind of conquered that as well doing a bunch of releases there in the meanwhile uh tvxq from sm because of like you know um boa found that success that they were able to you know release a, a, a new group and um i'm not yeah. saying that tvxq was quite literally the birth of boa's wallet you know but yeah. um it is definitely it definitely contributed to their you know to the success yeah. that yeah. you know and we're talking. We're talking about uh, second generation. Mm -hmm. You cannot let. You cannot exclude SM. Mm -hmm. SM is absolutely the leader of the second generation. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. None of the other. None of the other agencies even. Well, they did exist. I, I, they, I'm saying it metaphorically. Yeah, they didn't they exist metaphorically. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like of yeah, you, there were yeah. some groups that are, were that could compete. Yeah. But in just in terms of pure revenue mm -hmm. no group had such a stronghold on the market oh yeah that sm had and you can even tell that 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 was the case because of the way you know the award ceremonies ceremonies went like literally every category boy group girl group like you know whatever Basically it is it sm 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 sm, yeah. SM. Yeah, exactly for like a good part of probably 10 years that was the that was the case, which was, yeah, quite literally the de defining um, and, uh, of Generation Two. Yeah. yeah, and Generation Two is there is where the modern standard of idol has mm -hmm. this formed from. Mm -hmm. right? You came from people being more like mysterious and more, in a way, fake mm -hmm. in, the in the first generation, where you know a lot of idols will say like, "Oh, I don't, I'm not dating anyone. I'm." My fans are my girlfriends, right? And mm -hmm. you know, obviously a lot of idols back in the first generation were caught with this lie, right? Mm -hmm. And a bunch of scandals came oh, yeah. out from it. And the second generation, you have more idols that are more uh, friendly, the more they take on the more approachable, the more yeah. like neighborhood. Yeah, uh, they put on a facade, friend. They put up more of a story, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. They followed the script a little bit better. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah. And it's definitely more commercialized, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And this is definitely when the idea of Hallyu blew up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have the Hallyu wave, especially pushing into like Southeast Asia and, mm -hmm. and especially the rest of the world. Maybe not, it, it's not the reach that BTS has mm -hmm. yet, but I would say no. this is a, a small a stepping stone into what would later evolve into that mm -hmm. yeah for sure i mean yeah the Hollywood wave man that that just took over the the i don't want to say the, the world but in, i mean essentially it did because like in, in generation in the second generation you know remember um i can remember um super junior and um sonishi day when they started to tour even in europe right like and it was just like wow yeah. they they have enough fans to do this right like they they're mm you know they're kind of breaking through into the western market it's just um it's really cool to see i would explain gen 2 to be like the small rolling tides mm -hmm. that later evolve into a tsunami that takes over 100 percent. Yeah. that's a good way they to put it yeah for basically sure basically kind of uh started it and then it just until it escalated into for sure the next generation yeah just fully blown yeah like the hollywood yeah and it wasn't even just the second generation wasn't even just you know k-pop in general hollywood wave was yeah was kind of k-dramas yeah oh everything except yeah exactly like lee mino and all them and like i remember yeah. growing up and a lot of uh, my mom and my sister all fawning over like korean beauty products mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. and also for, like korean dramas you know yeah not only did uh k-pop help that but also a bunch of like korean dramas started getting exported out of korea yeah. so that helped uh, helped it a lot 100 percent. yeah no and i mean that that was also like i feel like you can you can't fault gen one or you know the previous generation before that pre-gen one for being like um you know for what they did and all that but like you have to say that you know if if there was anything to set um the ball going or like you know for it to go as high as it did i think to this day i think i would have to credit gen 2 the most like generation 2 kind of just you know it, it, they came from nothing and they've a lot of them are still to yeah. around to this day right like, like you if you think about right. it 
YouTube what came out back in 2002 2005 almost ex almost the exact same same time as the generation shifted right, right. but I yeah. don't think they adopted YouTube until like actually pretty late I think 2008 mm -hmm. maybe 2010 fair but what I'm trying but what I'm trying to say oh, yeah, is like, like yeah they grew through with those um social medias right like and, and granted yeah. generation one didn't have that um that platform or those platforms like you know forums and things like that to talk about yeah. yes they did have some but it wasn't as grandeur or like you know as it yeah. is now but it wasn't easily yeah. accessible back exactly in Gen 1 yeah, yeah still had people using like like uh like chat rooms or yeah like 100 right? yeah and even uploading uploading a performance back then was almost nearly impossible right um yeah. but it's you know second generation you have a lot more technology to expand a lot more you know fan reachability you know like through social media yeah. through you know twitter the conception of twitter of youtube facebook all those platforms you know kakao chat rooms and you know yeah. naver and whatever whatnot and articles and media was starting to get broadcasted a lot more and you know yeah transcending through different spaces and countries and languages and whatever whatnot mm. so it definitely i definitely have to credit gen 2 the most with anything yeah. that has to do with k-pop unfortunately i mean to jam one and all that because you have to also ask yourself like if you were to think about the furthest back right like if, like naturally speaking what is the first experience with k-pop that you had granted if you came into the sphere a little later right like maybe it was something not as uh as boomer-esque as like super junior or tvxq yeah. maybe you could say oh my first experience was twice and i'd be like okay i that's acceptable i think and that's acceptable that because that i mean twice came out 2014 right so yeah that's like what eight years ago eight years ago yeah that's, that's acceptable that's a long yeah. ass time ago. yeah now if you can't if you told me if you came into the early. yeah if you told me you came into the sphere when he's with nmix then i could tell you go fuck yourself uh that was literally like <laughs> three months ago <laughs> um but yeah no like exactly yeah if yeah so i can yeah if you think about it and i think most people can quote season two as like their defining first experience yeah, with k-pop yeah. in in general right like if you were if you've been in the space for a bit i think that's probably like yeah. some something that people would go with yeah so speaking about twitter and gen 2 uh, mm. uh this uh, recently due to some uh Twitter drama. I don't want to specify what, but I think I know what you're referring it, to. It really recently comes back up to the point that a Gen Two really is the first a generation to really adopt the internet. Uh -huh. And you have like Kimi Cho when he joined Twitter for the first time. Yeah, he was trending for, I believe, like a couple of days because mm -hmm. he was the most uh, followed user yeah. for a long time. Yeah, and uh, even like I, uh, I think I want to say the British magazine. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. So don't quote me on that but he was dubbed as south korea's justin bieber which <laughs> i mean no matter what you think about hey, justin bieber, wrong. that's still a massive title to have and it just really shows the popularity of 100%, gen 2 at the yeah. time like yeah. a lot of newer gen likes to disregard older generation because they didn't grow up with it not only disregard and but disrespect too that's, that's, that's very disrespectful mm -hmm. and but like you can't that's but that's the truth like gen 2 were really big for its time it's not but yeah they were big considering how small k-pop is in general yeah. terms right k-pop is not like a daily word you use back then so mm -hmm. considering the size of these groups they were massive yeah right? these are massive waves like sony shide super junior shiny yeah right? Yeah, and, and it's it's funny to me when these people talk like that because it's it's quite literally so easy to go on the internet and you know with all this information at your disposal at your fingertips it's you can talk all the shit you want it's never really gonna delete the history of this person right yeah. like they it's never gonna delete the history just because you're ignorant of the facts right like because you didn't study the history and you think that it doesn't exist or something like that it makes no I, sense to me it's really easy of, to forget because of that yeah yeah a lot of like new gen stands like to parrot on the fact that SM has a quote-unquote monopoly on the industry which is not entirely true it's mm -hmm. in a way it does seem that way because they ruled they did take over a lot of gener second generation but they're not yeah. in a monopoly in a like economic sense yeah in, or in a way that they controlled like every every facet of mm -hmm. k-pop but it does seem that way but that's also 
kind of funny considering that they do disregard and disrespect second generation even though that was the peak of well arguably the peak of of sm's quote-unquote reign on k-pop 100 percent, yeah and, and if you think about it like if you were to go back in time and you know like you know like those paradigm shifts where it's like oh if i were to go back in time and you know i moved the chair two centimeters to the right you know like the whole world would be fucked 10 years later right um yeah think about it that way like if you go back in time and you tell lee suman to not become a singer songwriter or agency holder or something like that you know you tell him oh you go be a farmer or something like that if i come back yeah. to this time in the now after i've told that to lee suman like i can expect k-pop to, to no k-pop would be so much different like it would just be yeah. I don't even know what it would look like. I mean, obviously, certain artists would still exist and certain groups and certain agencies would still exist, but I don't think it would exist on the exact same level. I do not think that... Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this. Maybe, maybe we're BTS just being biased. Be the same. Oh, 100%. BTS probably, no. would probably not even exist. No, 100%. When I, SM is and still is, if you want to consider uh, ESPA, the pioneer in the k-pop space mm -hmm. they did so much for second generation that yeah. second generation is the hallmark of idol groups they started the entire trend yep. of all these uh like systems and yeah and appearing on yeah, on varieties and tv shows model. yeah right, right, right. like yeah. you have the first of variety idols come from super junior right yeah a lot of their early popularity was Come, was coming from how well they do out, did outside of variety world. exactly so yeah. some of them were actors a lot of them were like variety stars yeah right, yeah yeah and it, it's, and it's just, yeah and it's funny to me how when we think about it these days the idols have it it, it started off as all idols be, were super versatile right like all idols yeah. could sing could dance could be variety presentable could go on dramas and act right away could um could be models right could go out and do uh, missionary work and you know do um yeah. different like charities and things like that and business people yeah. and start this and that and go to school at the same time but it feels like like as we're going along i think i feel like the it's gotten so much easier for these generations to become idols they do nothing at this point like it's become such a dumbed down profession and i i hate to say that because yeah. i'm not trying to offend anyone or call anybody dumb but i'm just saying like you think about it back in the day in generation two like i'm i'm i'm, I'm fairly certain like maybe 99.5 percent of the 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 generation holds second post-secondary degrees they have different yeah. education in different fields they have businesses they have charities they they do promotions and outside of just being an idol and they have so much versatility yeah. whereas I'm, if i'm looking at now you know it's just progressively gotten less and less so right like generation three right. yes they had a little bit of versatility not as much but they it's, it was still yeah. there right and then yeah. completely fizzled out i think in generation four and five i mean i think granted, it really comes to, to like the the not only generation gap but also like the different thinking yes because in generation yeah. two i think a lot of idols still weren't sure that this is a solid profession uh -huh. so they yeah. should get degrees outside of their profession sure. maybe maybe they could continue working as an idol but who knows when yeah. their popularity will yeah, fade exactly and who knows when they can't go they can no longer go on something else shows. Yeah, they should exactly. be able to do something else to support right? themselves yeah. and it, it also it also comes that a lot of the second generation idols yeah a lot of them do come from not well-off families yeah. some of them do don't get me wrong yeah but a lot most of them come from not the most well-off families maybe some of them are could even be considered relatively poor yeah right compared to like newer generations where a lot of them do come from relatively especially much newer generate newer groups come from relatively wealthy family yeah exactly and have a bunch of these connections yeah and at the end of the day i mean i'm not trying to discount that fact right like it doesn't mean that you work any less or like at, not as hard but you also have to understand that because you know the generations behind you play paved such a a monstrosity of a road for you obviously you don't need to go out of your way and get a second degree because you know k-pop yeah. is so easily and readily consumed these days that you can make money out of it even if you're just 
even if you're just a dancer right like a background dancer like you could start a youtube channel you could um join a group and you can dance behind all these k-pop stars you could still travel you could do all this stuff like there's so many professions nowadays that allow you to you know not not even need a degree and you still be able to make money somehow and it's not discounting the fact that maybe you're not working as hard it's probably just it, it, I feel like it's a poor excuse to say that. Oh well, because I'm focusing so much on being an idol, I don't think I, I don't think I need to be as versatile, right? Like I don't need to do this, this, and that. But like, you know, if you really want to be an idol, I think a lot of the things about being an idol is, you know, your interaction with your fans, right? Like how much how do you present yourself? If if I'm an idol and all I do is literally go on music and dance shows and just do my yeah. music and dance, and then I go home and do nothing else. I don't interact with my fans. I don't do and I don't consider myself an idol at that point. I'm just a singer and a dancer, and that's it. Because but I'm not interacting true. with my fans. I don't. Ha I don't give them enough of me out there for them to like become my fan. You know, get get more popularity for myself, right? You know. Yeah, like Gen Two, I would say probably made lives significantly harder for idols. You know, like you said back then, idols didn't weren't really expected to do many things, but nowadays, idols are expected to be good at variety. No, I I, I think funny. they did it. I, I think they made it easier. Uh, that's that, that's well, like, well, my let me point. Explain. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're supposed to be good at dancing. They're supposed to yeah. be good at singing. But in some ways, that also has degraded because now guess a so, lot yeah. of idols aren't necessarily good. All of them. Yeah. But in a group, they're expected to be one person that's good at variety. One yeah. person that's good at that's really good at singing. One person really good at dancing. Yeah. They're not gonna have an all star for everybody else. Back yeah. then, but in second generation, you have you're more likely to have. Uh, you're more likely to have some some members that are good at everything exactly and yeah. some members not that good at everything yeah but nowadays nowadays idols are more divided between in, in those roles yeah they, they they find one specialty and they stick to it whereas back in the day it was literally yeah. like oh i'm gonna specialize in everything well, you know obviously i'm not saying that they're bad at at, at a single category but they are better at another category mm -hmm. i don't want to say that's because an idol is good at variety doesn't mean he's bad at singing or dancing it doesn't mean that at all it just i means mean that they are much better at it than listen i can probably name on the, the on both my hands the amounts of idols between generation three and four and potentially five whatever um i can name maybe that many people if not less um, on how frequently they 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 guest on variety and how many how many well, MC just, just slots they have. That's and... just an example. I'm just saying like not like just because one person is really good at singing doesn't mean they they completely suck at dancing. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying no, to discredit their one one aspect of of their job. I'm just trying to say that just because they are very good at one thing yeah. doesn't mean doesn't mean I'm saying they suck at it something else yeah it's just it's it's, it's, it's so very yeah. good at one thing it's so hard to find an idol these days from second so from, from third fourth and fifth generation um where you can you you can quite literally point them out and be like oh they're gonna be oh they're gonna be the next you know kim heechul or they're gonna be you know you know you know what you know how like we say kim, kim heechul is gonna be the next um next big mc right like from the big like yeah. who's gonna be who's behind him because i don't see anybody behind kimmy chill right like because yeah, he's not hard to he's not getting old he's not getting younger right like he's old, he's 40 yeah. years old man like he's getting there yeah. right like, well he's not 40 yet but like he's gonna get he's gonna become 40 and that's even though that's not old necessarily right like he still has time to have wife children all that stuff like there has to be somebody that starts behind him because you know in essence he's he, it's not like he started out like five years ago right like he's been he's been yeah. on shows since the start it's of his career nearly two decades yeah essentially for a very long time essentially he is considered a veteran in the variety yeah. space and even if you dislike him you cannot yeah. deny the fact the impact he has mm -hmm. on not only him but also super junior as a whole mm -hmm. on variety shows mm -hmm. if it wasn't for super junior and he chose like mainstay on a lot of these shows you wouldn't have idols on variety shows yeah that's like, even yeah. super junior themselves admit that he chose being being a mainstay on a lot of like early variety shows has helped super junior grow not only mm -hmm. in their music in the hollywood wave and their music but yeah. also help increase their their variety uh retention and yeah the variety work yeah but i'm i'm really curious uh, because 
imagine Kangol Dong, Yuje Sok, and um, uh, Dong Hyup all all retired tomorrow, right? And like, imagine all those big MCs, the older MCs, you know, like all of them, all of them retire, right? Yeah. Kimi Chil's next up, but who's beside him? Who's gonna take over with him, right? Like it's it's they have the older MCs, they have four or five of them, right? Kimi Chil's just by himself in his generation, you I know. Mean, I think the only ones that could replace them are probably second generation. I mean, like exactly. Essentially, is also really popular. Yeah. Host and MC. Yeah. Kyuhyun, uh, Kyuhyun is a good host as well. He can do some. Yeah. Shindong Yichu, is a host. Yeah. Yeah. We're just naming all, all of Super Junior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, TBXQ, they hosted Kingdom as well. Good. Yeah. Can, yeah. They did that. And um, it's just hard, man. It's, it's hard because I can definitely see some up and coming fourth and fifth gens, sure. Like third and fourth, fifth, whatever. I can see some of them being really good at variety, but I don't see them as, as hosts. I can't see them. I can't imagine them leading a whole show that's my that's my qualm with it because maybe i'm talking too much about variety but at the end of the day you know it's a big way to get to know your idol isn't not right like how like if any of those five or six older mcs retire and it's only just kimmy cho it's not like he's going to be able to run like 17 different shows a week on 13 different programs right like just so that you can see your idol somebody's gonna have to take over and unfortunately i don't see that coming from the later generations but you know let's get let's get a little bit more um talking to um you know higher uh, sorry older um younger generations now because we spent a little bit time on generation two uh generation three um i i think we can fairly agree it was kind of exo you know BTS, Blackpink, yes, Red US, Velvet, God Twice, Seven. yeah, Got Seven, yeah. yeah, exactly, all I think those. This yeah. is the real like there, yeah, uh, monolith, like a yeah, really yeah. huge, huge, huge explosion. Especially yeah, yeah. BTS's massive success in, in this. The US this and is the West. this is where the worldwide, yeah, exactly. This is yeah, this worldwide is K-pop recognition. The worldwide has acknowledged K-pop as exactly. a significant, mm-hmm. uh, a, a serious. Uh, serious like um, genre. Yeah. I mean, of course, you had virality from Gangnam Style in like what, oh, 2012. Yeah. 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 Right. That definitely but, like, blew it up for people. Yeah. It's very cemented in second generation Gangnam Style, but yeah, back then people didn't really. People thought K-pop was a meme, was a joke. Yeah. Because of Gangnam Style, obviously, uh, K-pop is not a joke. It's a very serious genre, but I think a lot of people saw. Gangnam Style and a lot of uh, a lot of people were uh, didn't really take K-pop too seriously, mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot, there's a pretty viral video. The was it kids kids react to yeah. K-pop yeah on a React channel. Yeah. That's a very popular video that you know a lot of people like to take a take a small section of it from a kid very a very young kid that has now grown up and have yeah. regretted saying that i guess not really regret it but have changed the way she thinks about uh, the second generation groups right yeah 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 and um but like, yeah yeah the the third generation was also you have to they it's it was so easy for them i find because you know the social media game was like huge at this point it was so easy to obtain their you know their product yeah. every group's product was so easily obtainable you know their music yeah. videos their merchandise you know they were touring all over the world right so you could if you lived in some sort of like you know if you lived in atlanta georgia and you never thought that you know a k-pop act would come to you like and oh wow two days later oh look bts is touring in the u.s oh f- they're gonna be in my backyard i'm gonna go and watch them it's so easily accessible now to become a fan of theirs and um it's but you have to understand where that's coming from right like generation two paved the way for you because they they introduced you to that paradigm of how to promote on social media how to get interact with your fans and become westernly known and popular and how to break through through to those markets and get up on stage and still be able to you know interact with them regardless of whether they spoke korean or not you know still be able to you know um get um retainability from your fans worldwide and and still use the social media the way that it should be used to uh, produce yourself and your you know advertise your product and yourselves in in general um so generation three definitely had it already set it up for them right like the access to the space and all that yeah they were very good at 
uh, at targeting specific audiences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In Gen 2, you had like groups like Super Junior, uh, Tomang Shinji, and Shiny, right? Yeah. Or just boy groups, for example. They they try to make like earworm songs that everyone could like. But yeah. In, but in Gen, uh, but third Gen, you have more groups that try to target a specific group of people. Yeah. Right? 100%. Uh, so like you have a lot more like con- concepts that target uh, a specific type uh, like a, like I said specific type of group that really like that kind of concept right? mm-hmm. and in third generation you really have more experimental like ideas like like a BTS became really popular from their music videos being some t- very interconnected and more and had a deeper meaning and artistic them, right? and all that yeah, yeah. very more artistic right like, yeah. like I said right so so you have more a more a, more delicate and more intricate mm-hmm. part of K-pop that yeah. had to come from maybe K-pop uh, second generation of K-pop not uh, first starting it and maybe they weren't able to lock down a specific formula mm-hmm. until Gen three they fully managed to lock down that concept and put, make a, like a fully functioning machine. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and I mean. Generation 3, I think uh, you could probably, you know, even if you're a Generation 2, you can probably, you know, clench your teeth and say, yeah, Generation 3 definitely outsold. They definitely... Because, I mean, at the end of the day, of course they outsold, right? Like, it was more easily accessible, right? (laughs) It's like, imagine if I was, uh, you know, a 12-year-old and I just found out about Super Junior and, like, oh, can I buy their DVD or CD anywhere in Canada? Fucking doubt it. You know, like, it's, like, completely just not marketable. You gotta hop onto LimeWire and hope that you're not... like a virus exactly yeah or you could you know try and contact somebody through a forum to send it to you but then like the postage is it's in itself is just like you know wild and you're talking to other 12 year olds how how the hell are they going to do it for you you know it's like it's it's difficult you know that technology also advanced with k-pop right Mm -hmm. if if we, if we had the same technology we had in 2005 yeah like 2008 oh right now would bts be as popular Probably I not, personally no. don't think so. Yeah, I don't I think, think so either. Technology really helped a lot of these groups grow, be, grow bigger to yeah. an extent where it's kind of unprecedented because, yeah. like, because you have technology that can spread so much further. You know, being faster became easier. Yeah. Everyone has a cell phone. 100%. Everyone has access to internet. I think Gen Three, you have to say, are probably the luckiest generation of groups to ever Definitely. come out. Like they think they just came out on the right time. You know, BTS, EXO, Twice, Blackpink, all those four groups, literally exploded in popularity. Mm-hmm. And I think you can't really, you can't really say that it wasn't luck, like wholeheartedly. Like I'm not saying it's purely luck, 100 percent, no. But it's definitely, of course, it's a lot hard definitely attributed to that. A hundred percent, yeah. They, they had a lot of groundwork laid out for them. That oh, for sure. Definitely yeah. helped to their success. For sure, helped yeah. their success. Yeah, right? and then and as, hilariously enough, I think you know if you were to like go back down a little bit, I think when you, if you were to go into Generation Four. It's funny to me how it starts off with gen- Generation 1 super wild and, you know, very, like, the fans are super wild and, like, they fight each other and all that. Then Generation 2 came around a lot more humble, obviously, a still a lot more, a still a lot of fighting. There was a lot of that, but definitely getting a little bit more humility and humbleness and, you know, there it feels like royalty era almost, right? Like, Generation 2 yeah. felt like royalty. Then Generation 3 came around and, again, goes back to degenerate fan fighting and all that and yeah. you know toxicity and all that and then i feel like generation four kind of circles back around they're kind of like the young children the kids you know there's like oh everybody loves them they're so like vibrant and you know cool and stuff like that and their fans yeah. aren't as bad i find you know generation four fans are just generally chill i mean they're pretty yeah. bad they're still bad i don't i mean i guess i, I just I don't follow pretty bad yeah. which fans would they, you refer they... to when you say that give me an example because i kind of i don't you know like a lot of the girl groups are kind of a very for generation four yeah a lot of okay. the girl groups that groups are very anti-men i want to say fair of course you can always still find that somewhere yeah i, I don't think it's exclusive I think a to lot of the latter parts of gen of the Three. third gen are definitely yeah. a lot of very anti-men exactly yeah. but a lot of, but a lot of ge- uh, generation four girl uh, group group stands are yeah. definitely so much more for sure uh yeah anti-men. And, but also they're also yeah. much more they're much more westernized they're not yeah they're not they're not really giving they're not really succeeding to the korean ideology or yeah asian mentality of when it comes to fandom yeah. they kind of made their own version of fandom and 
people are supposed to align themselves to a more Western yeah. idea, where in Gen 2, you, f you kind of followed Korean rules when it comes yeah. to becoming a fan, but Gen 4, you'd be like, or if you're trying to act like a Korean, it kind of... Yeah. It's not really a and, good place for that. Yeah, and just to give people kind of like a, a visual in their head, Gen 4, when we're talking about Gen 4, I think we're talking about Itzy. I feel like personally, Itzy was like the start of Gen 4 for me. Like, like personally, yeah. I felt like a like a paradigm shift. As soon as I saw Itzy, I was like, oh, wow, we're in a new generation. I felt like, like yeah. I literally, that was the first thing I, I, like when I saw them and I heard their, like, you know, their sound and all that, that was literally my first thought. Oh, this is the next generation, right? Um, I thought, you know, Itzy, uh, G Idol, even though G Idol feels like a 3.5, which is, you know, it's, well, okay, it's weird. Thing, like, I, I think that's, I a, that's a topic, we, that's something we should talk about, like how yeah. some groups kind of feel like they're in the middle. Yeah. Like, if you try to uh, describe each group and assign a group to a generation yeah. by their sound, there's going to be so many groups that belong in the specific uh, date ranges that supposed to be in maybe gen 4 mm -hmm. but they're actually a gen 3 group because yeah they're just they, they just sound so much more new or like a gen 4 group that sounds like a gen 3 group because oh, yeah. they went for a, a little bit more retro kind of sound so yeah yeah kind of, I, like mm. trying to categorize them by sound is not mm -hmm. could, it could be a very difficult way to characterize them. yeah because i feel like the reason i'm putting G, G Idol in between like 3.5 is because they have like the sound that they produce is quite like very generation 3-esque yeah. but their members are also very young like they're also like yeah. very fairly young and i also i think the reason i'm giving them a 3.5 is because their leader john soyon she was in. She participated in the same program that produced IOI. Who, if IOI were yeah. to exist, still they are Generation Three. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Generation so three. that's that's what I'm thinking about. It's just like, oh, because they have a member who is essentially Generation Three. That's why I'm thinking that there are Generation Three. But their their you know their age and everything else is kind of telling me oh they're Generation, generation four. four. Yeah, exactly. So they're but in between. Very hard. It's to hard. Determine. Yeah, there are certain groups that are in that that kind of, you know, A Pink for me was like, oh, are they Generation 2 or are they Generation 3? I can't really tell. You know, they've been around for so long, but, you know, so and so. Mama Moo's Generation 3, IG1 is Generation 4, I'm pretty sure. But then here's another question. Do you think that we are in our current state of K pop, like NMix or New Jeans? Do you think. Or I've. Do you think these groups are Gen Five, or are they still Gen like, Four? Again, or are they are they are four point five? Like, I, yeah. where do we draw the line in this? Like, so I think I'm I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna use the same ideology, right? Because Soyon was in Produce One Hundred One, um, yeah. I've and Seraphim, right? They both have members who are Izuan who are in Generation Four. So I think I'm gonna stick them to four point five. I can't call them Generation Five because I'm seeing faces that I've seen in Generation Four. You know what I mean? And heck, like even in Ive, you have Eugen, and in Seraphim, you have the other girls that also participated in Produce. Yeah, and, uh, Sakura. Chewon and Sakura yeah. and and Eugen. Uh, one, they're one of their yeah. one of their members was also in Produce One Hundred One. So there's those members, right? Um, yes, I feel like New Jeans and Mix and Kepler even. Like I could yeah. say that they're closer to Generation Five, but I'm not sure if well, I have like again, the, you know these groups are de debuted in the same year, quite right? literally this year, yeah, quite literally same this year, year right? exactly. And so if you're gonna consider one group that debuted in the same year mm -hmm. as a as a four and another group in the same year as a point as a five, yeah, where does that line draw? So that's why the, the that's why post Gen Three, yeah, the discussion gets very blurry. I yeah. think it's especially because we're living in it right now. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to look at it mm -hmm. and try to determine. Well, in all fairness, I've really actually debuted is... it last year, not this year. Yeah. Hilariously enough, it was at the end of last year, which you could also say it was the you know beginning of this year. Yeah. So in essence, because right? then I mean, it, like... it was Ive and Mix. Then it was uh, I believe it was I... New Jeans. Is it no? Yeah, or is it no? No, was it New Jeans or Seraphim? I think it was Seraphim, Seraphim was before Jeans. Then New Jeans. Then New Jeans. Yeah, New there you go. Okay, good. So that was that in that order. Yeah. But like, like consider that like Espa came out in oh, what twenty twenty, right? They're a really new yeah. group. Yeah. Because, but they feel like they're, they've been around for. They're. I, I would consider them fourth, fourth gen. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah, consider them they, fifth. Yeah. Like, but they. But the thing, the thing is, I think COVID really kind of blurred that lines even more because mm -hmm. 
to me it didn't it feels like Esper debuted like last year mm-hmm. right? a very relatively they also don't produce as much music to be fair so there's not I mean, it's, it's really, hard yeah. They, yeah okay that's fair but you know that's what i'm trying to say is like it's very hard to determine because we've been through a lot of yeah uh events that yeah. kind of blurred the lines even more and you know the last two years just in general feel like a massive blur yeah especially to uh, just to me at least right yeah and if and if you guys are wondering why we're not talking about boy groups it's because we don't know anything about boy groups <laughs> so I mean, just gonna, all boy group I, I pers- basically goes up to like gen 3 no yeah we don't my, know any gen 4 or my, gen 5 groups no gen 4 like i literally know names like at yeah. a bit of nct I, like, I know names like, like like you i only know names but i yeah. do not know anything else is stray kids one still i don't even know like yeah, uh, Dr- T- tx is still txt is a thing XT? i guess um XT, yeah I have no idea uh, what else. I'm t- like, I literally yeah, I, no no clue. Genuinely, like, it's God Seven still. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're gone. No, actually, they're coming back. Did you not hear? They're coming back. Okay, yeah. yeah they, okay, okay. Yeah. I was going to say this, they disbanded, but they've left JYP. They've Jeff. Yeah. J- they've left JYP. They're they're still together though, they're technically group, speaking. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're apparently coming back with an album, so keep an eye out for that. But anyways, like, yeah, no, there's um, it's hard to tell. And at the end of the day, I don't think we need to generally agree on what's you know generation yeah. four or five. I think if you have your own little time clock yeah. of and and personal, you know, oh, okay, so I personally believe that this this and that, right? Like, and you know, I could say that you know, generation five for me, um, is new jeans and nmix specifically those two groups um and but then i think i can put yeah. 4.5 4.5 i'll put you know i've in seraphim because they have members from previous generation that's yeah. that's where my brain is at you know what i mean like and if it makes sense i think that's kind of why i'm doing it but because yeah. new jeans and nmix are providing such a new sound in my opinion and because yeah. their members are on the younger age i would say that their generation is new however yeah. you also have to think about it if because the the time gaps are becoming shorter and shorter at a certain point yeah. it's going to be like every new group is going to be a new generation yeah you know what i mean like it's getting shorter and shorter which is which is, which is because, it's, yeah i think interesting to think yeah. about because like if you want to define gen by like, like well, what's unique about this specific generation mm-hmm. right uh like maybe it's because we've just uh k-pop has been innovating because there are so many groups debuting, right? Yeah. Maybe it's because a lot of these companies are starting to innovate groups more, which mm-hmm. is why mm-hmm. you can put, you can, there's a, the gaps between each generation becoming shorter. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I think the oversaturation is definitely but, not helping. But for in sure, a yeah. way, I feel like a lot of these new innovative uh, concepts start becoming the same at, a, at, oh, a, yeah. at an extent right and tedious a little bit yeah it's getting yeah. a little too much like for certain things <laughs> you just have to i think i spoke about this uh, in, a, in a previous episode where i kind of made fun of the namings of new groups because yeah. of how how many new groups debut a year like they kind of run out of names so it's just like you, did you yeah. run this through like a generator or something and get just like something random like nmix or lesser yes, fm new yeah. jeans like what like oh next group that's gonna come out is gonna be baby gap and voice 77 like it makes no yeah. sense like you're just throwing shit up in like plain air a loner's association like it's yeah, yeah man kind of, yeah yeah it's it's weird and, and it's yeah I, and like for even like for nmix some of their song names don't make sense 0. 0.0 or was it was it, it wasn't even 0. 0.0 it was 0. 0.0 yeah. It was like a, it was like one of those emoji faces. Like I'm just like, what the yeah, fuck does this even? What does this even mean? Like, what do you? This is a little too much. It's like you know, it's kind of like uh, Elon Musk's baby. Like, whatever that kid's name is, is good luck, yeah. bro. Like X Y Z or something like that. I don't even know. Yeah. So it's you can definitely tell we're in the in the in the they're in the generation. They're being grouped in the right generation. I find, but um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the I think the more the over, the more saturated the field gets, and like the more overproduced the groups come become, and so and so, I think generation gaps are gonna get smaller and smaller, and up to up yeah. to the point where it's just like you know each batch of new groups is gonna be a a new generation essentially. But yeah. at the same time, I think at one point we're gonna stop caring about how many generations there are because, in all yeah. fairness, I think there's literally there's only 
for i feel like only four generations that actually matter for you to know like the obviously generation one where it all began generation two pretty much the foundation of of it all generation three the big bust of it all you know worldwide and so on and then i think four and then it kind of fizzles out which in, in, in all honesty you don't need, you don't need to know anything past four i'm pure i'm per personally i don't think anybody needs to care about labels past four like i think you just need to know your history on in the ones before that you know what i mean so yeah definitely there's not yeah there's not much else to this uh, and to, another know. thing is yeah. to mention properly yeah. like i mentioned a little bit before a lot of the newer gen yeah idols come from wealthier families yeah right uh i'm i'm not sure if there's a graph out there that might be someone that made a graph out there but if you compare the overall wealth of uh newer gens compared to older gens a lot of them are significantly mm -hmm. wealthier yeah than uh newer groups yeah than uh, older groups i mean yeah 100 yeah, yeah. And, and i think you also have to the funny thing is you have to credit <laughs> you, i think you have to go back and credit generation two um with with let's say there's an idol that just debuted in their family got rich off of the influence of generation two you know what i mean like a lot of the popularity that came towards south korea because of the was because of the Hallyu wave right tourism boomed because of the Hallyu wave you know interest in korea boomed because of the Hallyu wave right so if if yeah. if, if your parents got rich of the Hallyu wave and you became an idol you better thank your fucking idols before you because your family were so set up because of it you know what i mean like like yeah. imagine they were running a cute little coffee shop that that got used in a drama or something, and then like all like all the fans from it overseas came over and started you know coming through your coffee shop. Like that's that's definitely you have to credit you know where credit is due. Hollywood Wave was was a big nice. thing, man. So exactly, yeah, like definitely boomed in tourism and all that stuff. But anyways, we're running a little late into this episode, but I think we've kind of touched upon a lot of the generation topics that we wanted to touch I'm, I'm i'm pretty content with what we have eric how do you feel yeah, yeah. i feel we kind of covered like yeah. the nuances of each generation i mm -hmm. think we talked about it a lot mm -hmm. considering how much time we for sure yeah and i thought I, yeah honestly i didn't even know if we would be able to like reach it the <laughs> the 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 certain amount that we that we kind of wanted to cover considering it was just like kind of open-ended you know in a way but um but yeah no that that was our thoughts on the like the four generations uh if you if you yourself agree disagree or you want to add to the conversation always find us on twitter through our twitter posts that we do daily on at hechera and at eric's the joyful um but before we let you go for this episode uh we're gonna tell you about what we're gonna talk about in our next episode eric take it off well, continuing on with what we have about gens, we mentioned a lot about agencies, right? Mm -hmm. So, as a tie-in, next episode, we're going to be talking about the big three, or, well, I guess nowadays it's the big four, right? Yes, yeah. So, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the different agencies, and uh, maybe we might be talking about the rise of Hype, mm -hmm. and uh, SM being a mainstay, mm -hmm. JYP and YG as well, yeah. and maybe some other agencies like FNC, Mm -hmm. Cube, yeah. and uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, we're just definitely, uh, I think the, the bigger focus is the big four, obviously, because that's what most yeah. people know. And like a lot of the big acts come from the big four, it used to be the big yeah. three, but now it's the big four. Um, but we're obviously, yeah, we're definitely going to try and touch upon the smaller agencies as well because you there's definitely some acts that belong to those agencies that we definitely that massive right now that, that are massive and we overly appreciate. Although, hilariously enough, I feel like a lot of the smaller agencies are these days kind of subsidiaries of the big four for some reason but i could be wrong yeah. but you know yeah because there's always like some owner shares and all that stuff and it's complicated but whatever anyways yeah that's going to be our next topic for the next episode guys thank you so much for listening to us and we'll see you then goodbye Bye.